this week on Trek Mary Kill. Romulans, Destinies, Kirk. Next. What's the situation? Outpost 4 reported under attack, sir. What's your status? Vessel fired something at us. Fantastic power. Ship's incoming, sir. They're firing their weapon. Brace for impact. We're being hailed. Audio only. Human, I have you surrounded. Surrender, or we will destroy you. I think we should attack. Isn't that an act of war? They started it. This isn't a schoolyard. Billions of lives are at stake. This is serious. End of the world stuff. Trek, Mary, kill. Hi, I'm Brian. Hi, I'm Kristen. Welcome to Trek, Mary, Kill, a Star Trek podcast that uh, likes to bend the rules sometimes. No, more like all the time. This week, for the first time on Trek, Mary, Kill, Kristen, we're actually finishing a season of Star Trek. Can you believe it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, when we started this humble podcast, the the prospect of doing 808 live action episodes proved so daunting that I immediately disqualified certain episodes and <laughs> even said we're not covering the the animated shows for the time being. Kristen, if we factor in the animated shows with all the seasons that have been made and ordered, that's 900 episodes of Star Trek. So <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. And I really love Star Trek. <laughs> the idea of doing a, a podcast for the rest of my life does not excite me. So <laughs> this one, however, does, because this week we're going to talk about the season one finale of Strange New Worlds called Equality of Mercy. So congratulations, Kristen. We have made it to Equality of Mercy. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I admittedly did not watch every episode of this season. Listeners don't know this. But I was on hiatus for like four months. Yeah. It, it worked out. I think we got a nice, yeah. good mix of guests and uh, got you in. Uh, so it wasn't like you were gone forever. So that's, that's mm-hmm. nice. So it's nice to have you back. But yes, Kristen and I are recording for the first time and together for, in quite a while. Since, yeah. So this it's early April. And I think last time we recorded was early January. I've lost 35 pounds since you saw me. My hair color is different. You lost 35 pounds since January? No. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> You've seen me several times. I was going to say. <laughs> You're like, you don't look what? like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, and your hair seemed the same color. <laughs> well, I have lost like almost 10 pounds since then. That's nice for me well, personally. You always look great and you, Thank you maintain that gumming into the new year. So congratulations. Podcasting has not turned you into <laughs> Turn a- me into a blog. <laughs> yeah like i on it i actually finished a workout like five minutes before we got on started recording all right so your your uh, adrenaline your metabolism is ready to metabolize this episode great yes Uh, all right quality mercy written by henry alonzo myers and or with akiva goldsman directed by chris fisher premiered on paramount plus july 7th 2022 which now feels ages ago Uh, i'm taking this description straight out of memory alpha real quick Uh, that's the star trek wiki i waste a lot of time on that site so check it out if you have any questions about star trek they said about this one just as captain pike thinks he's figured out how to escape his fate he's visited by his future self who shows him the consequences of his actions so this is the culmination of the setup in the season premiere Mm -hmm. Where Pike sees his melting face, which you is could say of- it comes full circle. That's right. That's right. Uh, but really, it's more of like a bookend because really we get that in the first episode where he kind of divulges to number one that he's got this situation or Spock, I should say, that he's got Spock. the situation. Episode two, we kind of learn a little bit more that he knows the names of of the people he's going to rescue. And then in this one, they kind of not retcon it. They had a little tweak. They say, oh, and and two of them died. Yeah. (laughs) And there's a reason why they did that. But before we get into the episode specifics, because we have reached the end of a season, even though you didn't watch every episode and you didn't Trek, Mary kill every episode, Chris, Mm -hmm. I want to get your thoughts. Strange New World season one. What did you think? I I actually think I like this show. I think it's it's not taking itself too seriously, which I think 
I think Discovery takes itself a little too seriously, in my opinion, um, from what I've seen anyway. And, um, like, simultaneously too seriously and not seriously enough, which is a strange paradox there. But, uh, yeah, so I like this one a, a, a bit more. Yeah, I completely agree with that assessment. And, it, like, it's the first season of a TV show, so them figuring things out is is part and parcel with the whole process even when it's streaming even when they have all this gobs of money thrown at it like if you like were to stand it up against the first season of the next generation i think it's very good i think this is the best first season of a star trek show since the original series yeah i think i'm gonna have to agree with you on that i was gonna say i think like that's a solid like the original series is a solid first season next generation not so much <laughs> no no i, I think, think <laughs> which we've already touched on yeah yeah the, the original series really i think in retrospect or if we go back and do most of them but i mean there are just like so many stone cold classics and the ones that aren't are there's a bunch of great ones on top of that and so it's like season one i think people kind of forget because season two has a lot of really the, the points in season two of the original series are actually kind of higher but they don't overall season two doesn't have quite as many good to great episodes as the first season does, which is kind of surprising to say. And then there's even good stuff in season three, but first season of star Trek show, this is fantastic. And it also did the other thing that TV shows do, which is in the season, you see it figuring itself out. I think there's a really uh -huh. big change after episode three. So starting with memento Mori, which most people agree is like the first great episode of the show yeah, I like the first episode, but even I'm like that, you know, they could do better. And, mm -hmm. you know, from that, well, you know, my problem was <laughs> the month, the, the, the montage, montage of the full, full, fully grown adults cutting hearts out of construction paper. That was what it did for me. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think Children of the Comet and we talked about this, Children of the Comet and uh, Ghost of Illyria, they're trying different like ends of the spectrum, trying to figure out what the tone of the show is. And it kind of settles in. The last point I'm going to say about kind of my season thought, because we're going to do one final recap at the end, um, and that is uh, you could see every dollar on the screen for this. Like yeah. the production, this show looks amazing. It sounds amazing. They spared no expense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they Jurassic Park the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a lot of little things that bothered me throughout the season, uh, but it's it's kind of what we're talking about. Didn't but again, yeah, and it goes right back to why we're doing this. It's still Star Trek. So, oh, yeah. and it feels, this series, I think, feels a lot like Star Trek more so than some of maybe some of the other episodes of the other series that we maybe haven't gotten to yet. I agree. You kind of teed me up, though. There is a there is a quality to the show where it's I agree it is Star Trek. And what it the thing on top of the production values, it aims to be, you know, a very high quality product. It aims to make you think it's always the way it goes about doing it. There's something. What are those fake teeth that you get? The shiny teeth to go over your bad teeth? Veneers? Veneers. Yes. Veneers. <laughs> there is kind of a veneers-esque quality to the show mm -hmm. at times. And then you get comments. So I'm going to mention two lines from Henry Alonzo Myers in an interview he did for Star Trek magazine. One of them was uh, about the series. <laughs> what, yeah. what a get for them to... <laughs> that interview for star trek magazine I'm wow sure it wasn't contractual but oh <laughs> but he he said about the show part of the fun of this was to try different tones and show that you could do that with star trek to which i say i recognize when people say i'm a big fan of star trek that by them saying it it means they've watched it so mm -hmm. you by watching it sure you could say you're a fan but part of the beauty of star trek for almost 60 years is the this idea that you could already do like everyone already knew that you could do different tones with Star Trek. So it's kind of weird to hear people who are making it arriving at things that people have already known and trying to pass it off as something new. And there's kind of a weird element of recycling, but claiming it's something you came up with that follows the show in a way that annoys me. But if you've never watched Star Trek before, this is a fantastic way to get into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think it's very easily watchable especially if you have never seen it or if you've seen it or you like everyone knows who captain kirk is right and everyone knows who spock is but who's like if the you guy before if you've watched yeah if you've watched any television right yeah 
in the last like, 60 years. So you know who the, or even seen a film. <laughs> any, like, you know what that is, even if you've never seen the show, like any of the shows. So I think it gets into that. Like, here's, you know, you've heard of Spock. Maybe you didn't hear of Captain Pike. And I think it's just like a good entryway into the world of Star Trek. Which leads us perfectly into this episode. This episode introduces Captain Kirk in the television universe. Well, uh-huh. What am I saying? In the new Star Trek television universe. Um, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, William Shatner's still alive, which I know yeah. probably bothers them to know. He's going to knock on wood right there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we get he's, a new. He's not only still alive, but talking about how going to space, like, just <laughs> like kind of bummed him out. Or, like, made him just appreciate life on Earth more because space was so empty. I don't have the exact quotes in front of me, so I'm probably doing a very bad job. Do you want me to read it? Because I can. Sure. (laughs) I mean, like, don't read. I mean, I think it's pretty long, if I recall. I was crying. I didn't know what I was crying about. I had to go off someplace and sit down and think, what's the matter with me? And I realized I was in grief. And he described it as a profound grief that he felt. But he was also basically saying, like, this is all we have. All we have is each mm-hmm. other. We have this one planet. Yeah. He experienced a, a brief ego death. Yeah. So we meet uh, new Captain Kirk, uh, mm-hmm. who is not Chris Pine. No. no. Boy, I wish Unfortunately it was. for us. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what a get that would have been. I know. No offense intended to Paul Wesley, the actor who is playing him. He's fine, but he's not as handsome as Chris Pine. And he, he lacks the Captain Kirkness uh, that yeah. Captain Kirk needs. And Yeah. <laughs> but he's in the episode because this episode is about what if it was Captain Pike in command of the Enterprise during the events of the classic original series episode, Balance of Terror. Kristen, have you ever seen Balance of Terror? I don't know because I'm very bad at knowing oh, what the, the episode titles. titles are. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, if you watch the episode, the events are in there. They're chasing the Romulans. The Romulans can shoot the fireball at them. And and, um, and I was going to say the one-on-one. fireball looked pretty familiar. Yeah. But I, I don't have like a strong memory of it. So Next Generation, I already said, Remember Me was the first episode I saw that got me into Star Trek. That was like mm-hmm. early 1991. And then like that summer or, or September was the 25th anniversary, good timing for me to come on board, the 25th anniversary year of Star Trek. And one weekend, they had a viewer's choice marathon of the original series. So someone who had, me, who had never sat through the original series, basically got longtime Star Trek fans' votes of these are the top 10 episodes introduced by Shatner and Nimoy switching off. And number 10 was Balance of Terror. And it's basically the Enterprise and the space battle with one ship. And it is kind mm-hmm. of gener- generally regarded as one of the best episodes of television. I don't know, however long you want to make the list, but it's a classic episode of not just Star Trek, but TV in the 20th century. So to see it recycled here, <laughs> for mm-hmm. me going into this episode, I was kind of like, who oh boy, <laughs> I'm not sure about this. But they wanted to try to draw this idea that Pike has a fate. He's got to stick to it. And then when he tries to wriggle his way off the hook, his future self comes in and shows him, no, you can't do that. And here's exactly why. And they decided to use this episode as the, the starting point. What, what Kirk would have done is the correct course of action. So what, what did you generally think about that idea? Well, so, I mean, they've set it up. I mean, I don't have any like strong feelings about it one way or the other. I mean, they've set it up and then it's kind of an interesting twist on well maybe if he does some things different it'll end up different but it does and it's just bad so henry alonzo meyer says of it i love that episode we called it internally the ghost of pike miss future the goal was a unique way to do a finale that would put our cast in the situations of an original series episode recreate them but with pike and our new people in those positions it didn't change where it goes because of that that was one of the episodes that was a Star Trek fan's delight. There's a whole sequence from Balance of Terror that we recreated shot by shot, which you didn't have to know to enjoy the episode. But for fans who knew it, they're like, oh, my God, we went so far. And then the last bit I'm going to read. The fun of that was we were quite literally doing what the central message of the show is. If Gene Roddenberry was doing this today, what would it be? That's how we approached it. And with big effects, the types of characters you'd see today, characters who are recognizable to a modern audience, a modern approach to visual effects, costumes and everything. We got to do it. 
this gets into my Strange New Worlds as a reboot concepts. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> because that's what it really sounds like when you're saying we rebooted Star Trek and we just did yeah. an old episode and here's how we'd remix it. It's a it's a weird episode in that it creates a false dilemma though. Because in the original, and it's hard for me personally to compare it, I still think if what we have to kind of try to do in our Trek Mary Kill Kristen here is maybe kind of try to look at it as a We've already seen this, like they've already done this episode of Star Trek. So it's very strange to say, how is this an episode of Strange New Worlds? But it's a weird false dilemma. In the original, it's the Romulans did attack the outpost as they do in this one, but it's one ship and we get the other side of that conversation a lot and we find out it's like they're doing a test. This is like a new weapon. The cloaking device is their technology too. And so the Enterprise has a chance while they're still on our side of the border to destroy them before they get back and say like, Hey, our weapon works and you should invade. And this episode completely, uh, futs, you know, flubs that it, it completely misunderstands the point. And it says, well, they came over then they crossed the neutral zone, which is a act of war. But if we destroy them, that's an act of war too. So we shouldn't do anything. It's a really mm-hmm. weird dilemma that they create to kind of force this issue of Pike versus Kirk. Decision it's such a weird dilemma. They have to, at the end, explain what the other path would have been. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that would have gotten them all out of the the trouble. And then they have to retcon their own idea. So on top of flubbing the actual thing they're trying to, you know, remix, they have to go in and say, oh, and by the way, two of those cadets die. So that's <laughs> why Pike decides I'm going to write a letter to this kid I meet at the beginning who wants to be in Starfleet. Cause he's one of the kids that dies. Also imagine, to... just imagine getting a letter from like your hero <laughs> saying, give it up kid. It ain't <laughs> for you. Like Joe DiMaggio writes you a letter and says, uh, no, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> How soul crushing that would be. <laughs> like with, for some people that make them like more determined, like, well, f- this guy. <laughs> I told you, you said I couldn't do it. Here I am. And he's like, oh no, it's backfired. Uh, listen, kid, you just don't have what it takes. I uh, <laughs> yeah, met you for five seconds and uh, you stink. <laughs> yeah. Have you Go tried? <laughs> yeah, have you considered staying home? <laughs> we need good people like you at home. You're a lot like your dad. And well, we don't think much of him here in Starfleet. Go work at Starfleet Archives. <laughs> Well, don't do that. It might, it might get blown up. <laughs> so. it, yeah, but make sure you leave yeah. at a certain point. When Admiral Picard shows up, get the f <laughs> out of there. So it, we, this doesn't like fall into a grade because it's like a direct critique. Like I think I've said multiple times, I like that this was this thing hanging over him was a great season arc for him, like a journey to go on. And I don't think they took him on a journey. Like I said, it was like, this is like a bookend. We've got, mm-hmm. we've got the first episode and this episode. We get a couple of details in the middle um, where he addresses it. But if you knew you had seven or eight years to live, what would you choose to do is sort of the central question. And you would think that by asking that question, we come to know Pike better. Mm-hmm. Either the audience would learn more about him or he'd learn something new about himself. And I don't think any of that happened. Well, if you're asking me, well, not me, but let's say you, you would spend, if you knew you only had seven years left, you'd be like, I'm going to, and if it was an option, you'd be like, I'm going to go captain the enterprise. (laughs) 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 Like, um, I think for some people that is exactly what they would do. They'd be like, well, I have, um, this is what I love to do. I like to explore space and what better way of doing it. I love that. Um, as but, an also, idea. but also, but also, I think he. No, but I'm saying, like, I think up until this last episode, I think in the back of his mind, there must have been something in there that said, like, maybe I can. Maybe they don't end. Maybe it doesn't really actually end like that. Maybe I can do different things to change my fate. And now he knows he can't. So maybe in next season, you'll see a I guy see. just being just like having an orgy in every port, like, just you know like really letting his hair down uh you know which is getting very very long it just seems like a weird uh helter skelter i i approach to their storytelling like they step on their own ideas because 
the whole point of the time crystals thing in discovery was like, Nope, this is it. That that's it. And then there's no changing your fate. And then this, they, they introduced like, why couldn't you change your fate? And I'm like, is that the right take? You know, like I can see how they approach it. Like he could try that, but why wasn't there also the other side of, well, knowing that I'm not going to die here, you know what I mean? Like I, we've already talked about this. Like it doesn't motivate him to take any extra risks because he knows he personally is going to be fine because he knows it's not where he's not going to die in this moment. Um, well, we, well, we've talked about before, um, you know, did he make this, this decision because he knows he's not going to die? And therefore like the people right next to him are probably not going to die because he made this decision on a previous episode. Like I've brought up that point before. Right. Yeah. And it's, it, they just don't get into any of that. What I love about strange new worlds is that it's got ambitions, but also it, sometimes it doesn't follow through on its, it does the least interesting version of its own ideas. And it gets very frustrating. Let's get into, Oh yeah. We're about half an hour in. So let's get right into it. Well, and a couple of more little ticks about this episode twice. Pike says, this is end of the world stuff. And then he says, this is time crystal stuff. And then the third time, Kristen, he, he's old. Pike is talking to young Pike and he goes, Spock needs to survive because he's got a big hand in the fate of the galaxy. He goes, fate of the galaxy type things. I'm like, you've been making it a point to call it stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you call it things. I, it's driving me nuts. But also, why are you tipping about other people's fate? How is that relevant? Like, you know, how is that relevant any, to anything other than people watching Star Trek? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, isn't it enough? Like you've started a war and you saw what happens to Spock. Ah, and then they have this idea and I'm spoiling it, but Spock gets blown to smithereens and, and we see him <laughs> he, on the bio. He really gets blown to smithereens. Yeah, he like loses a it's leg. bad. Yeah. His whole face is like blown. Half his face is blown off. And it's the only time we see a, uh, chapel in the uh, in the episode and i believe mm-hmm. in the episode since it takes place and this is a future look she's yeah. it's in the future i think they did that stupid thing where they thought oh nurses are like rookie doctors and like the path of nurse is then you become a doctor now yeah. you can always leave nursing and become like go to medical school and then she could have come back but you know that's not it's, the it's not the, it's not the <laughs> traditional route right you might so become she, like a nurse practitioner. Yes. Yeah, maybe which, she, you know what? Maybe she is. That'd be fair. I'd be fine with that. That makes sense. But I was, what I was getting at for that is they start the time jump with Pike jumping into balance of terror at the beginning of balance of terror, where Kirk is marrying two crew members. And then what mm-hmm. happens in that episode is the man dies and the, and then Kirk <laughs> consoles the, the, oh, the yeah. fiance at the end. Um, no, he doesn't bang her. He just like <laughs> he just is there as the captain, and he's well, like of sad. Course he doesn't like bang her on yeah. screen. <laughs> so in this episode, we get two like generic Canadian day players mm-hmm. in that role. And oh my goodness, the most milk toast Canadian yes. extras you've ever met in your life. And, and as I was watching it uh, at the end, I'm like, why didn't they start it with him marrying Spock and Chapel? Because now you're twinning the idea. Like mm. he first goes and sees the dead. They they flip it in this version. The woman dies in, in this version. And then he goes to the bio bed where Spock is. And that's the first time we see Chapel. I'm like, why did you double that idea? Why not just do the thing? Show how really different it would have been. Spock would have buried a human. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, ah, whatever. I don't think it's that big of a deal, Brian. And then one last point, Kristen, which was <laughs> okay. so so fucking hilarious to me rewatching this episode. So in the original, in balance of terror, they're taking lines straight from balance of terror. I'm sure you figure that out. They're just copy pasting the script. And in the original Kirk gets the call while he's doing the marriage ceremony. The outpost is under attack. He goes to the bridge. They're at warp. They're speeding. They're trying to get there as quickly as they can. Then they get the message from Hanson. Who's just a generic white dude. And it's his last name. It was kind of annoying. I was fine with the race swap, but it was annoying that they kept the name for the script reasons uh, to be cute. And that was his first name. Now, suddenly <laughs> it was just very okay. annoying. And, and he, he has the same dialogue, but because of the way they make Star Trek now, it's so it's Star Wars where you just whoop, you're right there and at the doorstep of wherever mm-hmm. you want to go. It completely destroys the tension of the dialogue of the scene that they're copying. 
because the Enterprise is racing to get there and they can't get there in time. And here they blip out and we can see the the fucking outposts right in front of them. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we're just out of phaser range. We can't intervene with the Romulan ship and we're not moving. And it was just completely like, ah, why are they doing this? And then I realized that's how they make Star Trek now, Brian. Get to the grades. And so here we are. Great scenes. I really like the scene of when um, Pike goes to his future with the time crystals. Uh, I do like the scene of Pike and Spock in the ready room. And and Spock is like, well, you can't really do anything different than you would because that's what we have to find out. Like, we have to find out what happens if you don't change anything to see the the horrible future. Um, and and I have this in another. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll get to it later. But um, yeah, so I I do like the Pike and Spock moments. And I also. Well, actually, why don't you go next? I, I liked before that the scene where Admiral Pike emerges from the shadows. I'm assuming it's Admiral Pike. He's older. <laughs> Future Pike comes and visits. Different uniform. Yeah, he's wearing the yeah. um, 2022 version of the movie uh, uniforms, mm-hmm. which the fans call the Monster Maroons, which, okay. yeah, and, um, and so he's and he explains why Pike can't do this, what's going to happen, and He's brought the time crystal from, you know, with him from the Klingons, the Klingon monks who really just want to kill him. But he's like, give me a chance to talk myself. (laughs) I know I can. I know I can convince myself that I can't I shouldn't be doing this. Uh, But I thought it was a nice scene. Uh, I liked Ansemount trying to play himself older. Like, yeah, down his speech, his his tone of voice. He's Um, walking different. mm -hmm. And I liked that he, as a result, when he was playing his present day self actually kind of played him a little bit younger and more energetic because he knew he'd be playing off of that. And I, I liked that. We didn't even talk about Anson Mount's hair in this episode. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, taller and taller. Yeah. Taller and t- higher and higher. higher. And higher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fantastic height on, on the hair, but I, that was great height. Yeah. To me, that was the, it makes the, him seem like a full, like what? Four inches taller. Absolutely. And uh, they trim it really nicely, so it flushes in really nice with the you know the sides of his head and and the sideburns. Great look, he looks fantastic. Uh, mixes well with the uniform, good stuff. That was for me the only great scene. But to your point, the Spock and Pike scenes in the episode were the the moments I liked them too, but didn't quite rise to the level of great for me. Um, I did get a kick out of when Captain Kirk shows up for the first time. Um, I don't necessarily think that this version of kirk is great we can we can talk about it later in some of the other grades but i think like the actions i think are are what captain kirk would do a version of him but like he's missing something yeah he's missing a little but at first cool. i was like oh that's very cool oh see so yeah, this is i was very interested to know how you thought about all that stuff yeah i mean i don't even care that it's like this episode is pretty much fan service. Like I don't care. I think it actually is fun um, to see like some of your favorite other characters in a different timeline, basically. Um, and I also put just put down um, Sam Kirk's mustache. Really getting a kick out of that. I can't believe he he's kept it for what ten years. Because yeah, ten years, however long they jump into the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he shaved it, we'd been like, who the fuck is this guy? It's like he had that last time we saw him. I think what also was missing to me, not just the actor's charisma, because Chris Pine exudes charisma. charisma yeah, I, was, I actually want to know how you felt about Chris Pine's Kirk. Oh, he's great. I mean, mm-hmm. they did the impossible. They recast Captain Kirk. Yeah, so. and like, I feel like it's not an like an impression of no, William he, Shatner. I feel like it's yeah. he made it his own, but also it's true to the character. And it has the same... It is, but it also has the same energy. He has the same spirit that Mm -hmm. Shatner had to it. So there is a Kirk spirit. And I mean, unfortunately, I don't think Chris Pine's material, that Kirk has gotten like great material for the most part, but that's different. This time, I think what was missing, you're, you know, you're, you're tempting fate. Let's cast Kirk for the third time. It's basically what they like. We can do it. He's got to step. He's got to step right in and be it. If you're really trying, like you're channeling, one of Kirk's 
like his second or third great like best or greatest moment on the original series yeah and shatner's cooking and everything and you're saying like we're gonna bring him in and it's like you, well you got to try to match that but absent that like yes i agree his actions but also i don't i still don't think they nailed the character like he would say you know pike he would kind of say like chris i respect you i don't think you're seeing all you know what i mean like he would kind of challenge him a little bit more than in the way he did but also yeah. recognizing that they kind of write these characters all kind of the same way it, I don't know, but it wasn't like egregious, but it's also like, I, I don't have the patience for them bringing Kirk in. Cause he's like a major character in season two. Mm-hmm. And it, so to me, I'm not like one of those people that are like, well, you got to see how it works out and give him a chance and all that stuff. And he's doing <laughs> you know, like, give him his, his, his own, his nah. own take. And I'm like, no, he's playing the exact same part. <laughs> there's, there's no take I, here. <laughs> I was like, so I thought it was such a like, almost like a jolting um like whiplash between when they went from captain kirk we meet him for the first time right and then we go immediately to sam kirk who has much more charisma just sitting there talking sitting there in a chair talking yes, i was like point. i'm like i'd like because captain kirk is supposed to, like remember we watched the first episode of the original series and we're like the that first pilot like he's captain kirk mm-hmm. like we know he's in charge and that is not what we see. No. In this version, unfortunately. No. But that's, I mean, it's tough to do. Yeah, but, but I mean, I'm like, just like, I don't know, like, Sam <laughs> seems to be like, like and that's much more like telling and not showing of like, well, he just, uh, you know, does his own thing and doesn't play by the, he doesn't play by the rules. And it's like, okay, um, he kind of seems like he does, <laughs> like his demeanor is more so. I don't like it. It's just off-putting. Like the those ju- that juxtaposition because like Sam is supposed to be like more reserved, right? Right, and it's like and, like more by the book, and certainly not as char- charismatic. And it was not that ca- that was not the case. It was like the exact opposite. Yeah, and I mean, they Kirk would have been upset that like he lost a bunch of crew members. You know, people under yeah. his command died, <laughs> and and maybe that could have been an emotional motivation for him wanting to be like, we should kill these fuckers. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and they don't deal. He doesn't, that doesn't get dealt with at all. That would have been an interesting moment for Pike to kind of say like, we don't, you know, revenge is something we're supposed to be better than that kind of thing. What did you think of their Scotty cameo? I loved it. I was, I thought it was cute. Um, I think it's better. I guess it's, it's hard also to recast that for a third time, <laughs> like really difficult because it could just be annoying. And I think limiting it, to just what 30 seconds or whatever that was was a good choice uh, a hand it wasn't quite a disembodied voice we just see a hand yeah but <laughs> like voice. you but you could in the future recast as whoever you wanted yeah i'm pretty convinced that they have since changed the voice acting subtly because i very uh-huh. my recollection of watching this on the premiere was that it was way off and now rewatching it, oh. it's like it's kind like it didn't sound anywhere close to Scotty. And then this time it kind of does. So I'm like, uh-huh. did they just do, use another take, have him do it again and drop it in because you can yeah. do that in streaming. No problem. Uh, I wonder if anyone listening out there has any sense of that, because it sounded slightly better the first time around. It was like that doesn't even sound like Scotty. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> but it's like, I, it's, yeah, I didn't it's, see it when it first that. came out. Yeah. So um, I have one more scene. Oh, great there's a a point where captain pike is talking to laon and asks if she's spoken to una and then that's when we learn that una has finally been thrown in prison for all her crimes and deception (laughs) finally so you like that scene because you're like this needed to happen yeah and then at the end when it happens in real life i was like aha Perfect. Uh, I I gotta say, now, now Dr. Mabanga wasn't <laughs> taken away. Mabanga's skating here. One out of two. Oh my gosh! There's a scene. I I don't I don't have it anywhere. It was mostly in us in straight thoughts. There's no place else for me to put it because it's not a great scene and it's not a trope. But at one point, when they're all at the table, 
talking about their their options with the Romulan with the Romulan ship, I think, and then Doctor Mabanga all of a sudden is like, "But they've killed all these innocent people and stuff." I'm like, "Oh, now you care about <laughs> the lives of others?" Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> it took you uh, ten years, but you made me think of this though with the Laon scene. I really like Laon with uh, a sunny disposition. Yeah. She was great. No, she's uh, not the monsters. Yes. No. <laughs> Best trick tropes. Time bending slash time travel comes up uh, every so often. Sometimes it's done poorly. Sometimes it isn't. I like this one. Um, the way they've done it this here. I mean, it's a little, you know, hammy in terms of like, oh, you just touch the crystal and then you go and it's fine. When they did the time crystals in Star Trek Discovery, I believe Pike is being told all this information. We have to go down to this monastery and and use one of their time crystals. And they cut to Anson Mount and he's listening, but he's also reacting. And the face he's making is not an actor saying it, but it's like he's playing the part of a guy thinking like time crystals. This is where we're at. Yeah. (laughs) So it's always been funny to me that the show has just nakedly been like, Time crystals. Take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, it's a science fiction trope, time travel, but, you know, Star yeah. Trek uses it quite a lot. Uh, any other ones? When Pike does the time crystals and then he sees Spock, he just tells Pike, he just tells Spock to go straight for the mind melt. <laughs> well, so we can get the show on the road here. That's right. Otherwise, I mean... Oh my gosh, it's just going to be back and forth for hours and hours. And it's just like, just read my mind real quick. And then, you know, we skip so far ahead. We just get through all the shit that the the audience already knows. We don't have to rehash it. And they they do a quick flashback for those who weren't paying attention earlier. Weren't paying attention to the previouslys. Yeah. In this episode. Those who who hit skip. Yeah. Probably shouldn't hit skip. Yeah. Love it. Just, you got to go straight for it. Like, mind meld. I don't care. Like, if it just moves the plot along, I'm for it. Right. Um, and I have one more, and that is Shifty Romulans. These guys were very shifty. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they were very similar to the Gorn, though, which really bothered yeah. me. In the Balance of Terror, it's a cat and mouse game, and it's like two dudes trying to outthink each other, trying to outbattle each other. The Romulan ship didn't have a warp drive. And it's just trying to get back home and it has limited fuel. And the Enterprise, Kirk's like, well, knowing that they can't just warp out of here and they're still on our side of the border, maybe we can keep them on our side and then destroy them. And so that's what turns into a fight for survival for the Romulans. But also it's a survival thing for Enterprise. They're trying to destroy the ship before it does start a war. Because obviously the Romulans are trying to do something, do a sneak attack and go back to probe the defenses. They're, They're violating the treaty. Um, but the culling, that's the big thing. The idea that we mm-hmm. need to cull the weak. I'm like, yeah. guys, didn't you just do this with the Gorn? Like literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I don't know. It's just, it was, it, it wasn't kind of like a redo of the Romulans so much. It was just, again, a, the least interesting version of that. And then all their ships blipping in immediately. Yeah. It's like, wh- why are we doing this? But the Romulans being shifty, of course. Always. And by the way, it wasn't until... They first see the Romulans that it dawned on me that they had never seen them before. Oh, yeah, that's that's another part of Balance of Terror. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. That just blew my mind. Like, it never, like, obviously, of course, they'd never seen them. But me having watched Star Trek for the past 30 years. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> obviously what a Romulan looks like. And then it's actually like a thing of like, he kind of looks, they kind of look like Spock. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. And then everyone's like, Maybe we don't like Spock anymore. <laughs> Just like so weird. Like you've been serving with this guy for like 10 years and you're like, hmm. Yep. The Romulans are bad and he looks like a Romulan. Yes. Hmm. Everything I know about Spock is wrong. Yes. Uh, I'm going to talk about that bit in a, a more, more later. The Romulan commander guy in Balance of Terror. This is funny because people were joking online that they, that if they had really wanted to do fan service or wink, wink or do a fan film, they could have done this. But in the original, the Romulan commander is played by Mark Lennard. Mark Lennard would go on to be famously Spock's dad. 
would Aww. be Sarek for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. But in that one episode, he's the Romulan commander. So people thought it would have been funny if James Frain, who plays Sarek in <laughs> Discovery and Strange Worlds, <laughs> if he would play the Romulan commander. And I agree, that would have been funny. Uh, you said two of mine. The other two I have is The Neutral Zone. I like The Neutral uh-huh. Zone. I, I don't think there are many bad stories, Star Trek episodes involving the, the Neutral Zone. Even the Next Generation season finale or penultimate episode called the neutral zone which is not great it's not terrible it's kind of interesting and so i don't know i like the neutral zone i think again this show is not aware of all the details they say in the opening when pike's giving the captain's log that the neutral zone is a strip of space and yet it gets treated as though it's a strict border that if you cross over you're suddenly in romulan space i'm like no there's there's like literally a a neutral zone (laughs) Like they're not in yeah. like she's like, you'd be crossing into our territory. I'm like, no, he'd be no. crossing into the neutral zone. Yeah, they're far too close to be <laughs> there to be a neutral zone. Or maybe they the only their only frame references the demilitarized zone in North Korea. Oh, where, where it's like yeah. five feet away. Yeah. I, <laughs> like you could throw a rock at the other guy. Right. And maybe they're treating it like that, but certainly I'm sure fans who are very forgiving are like, there's plenty of examples where that's, it has been treated like that, but for the most part, it is a zone. That's why it's called the neutral zone and it's space. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty wide. You can't just like, it's not like the four corners. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) (laughs) my foot's in Utah now. That's right. Uh, so, and then the other one I had was naming a an evasive pattern after yourself. So, yeah, Kaz attack pattern Tiberius Four. Yeah, um, worst Trek trope. I'll go first, and mine is they're doing cooking again. <laughs> well, that's officially a strange new world trope, right? <laughs> yeah, no, specific to the show only. Captain Captain Pike is cooking, and he's wearing an apron over his uniform. And he's making like almost like a cabanera pasta. Pasta mama. Whatever. It's got egg in it and Parmesan cheese. That's pretty much cabanera. Um, yeah, I, I don't like, I don't, I don't care for it. I don't care for it. I get it. But I think, I mean, I get it. You're like, oh, let's have like a home scene. Right, people do at home. They cook themselves meals. Yeah, they do when they have no other option. And it's a way to get Captain Battelle in there to remind us that she's there. Are they? Wait, are they married? No, they're just hookups. But I have a question. Now now we're seeing more, but Captain Battelle, like being a captain, does she uh exude captain to you? No. Yeah, she didn't (laughs) register. She's like admin office manager. Also, she came in to have a meal, but takes two bites and leaves. Yeah, it didn't look very good. I, I would have thought that to show that she's an important captain, she would have gotten a call that pulled her away. That would have yeah. made way more sense. And then I liked the subtle commentary, or I took it to mean some subtle commentary because I'm with you. Why are they torturing us with more cooking? And he makes it a point to describe what he's making. He's like, you take this thing the the leftovers and you add this and you add an egg and you do this and you make something new and i'm like oh you're talking about what you're about to do to balance of terror and saying it's a leftover (laughs) (laughs) and you're about to grate some some cheese over it and make it something new that seems like the only reason why they would have written it that way because she's also then talking about like the old captain versus new him being an old captain being new captain or being someone different so it's like that scene is very much about more than just, hey, remember Captain Patel and uh, that Pike can cook? I don't, I don't remember anyone saying, wow, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We've never this gotten is definitely a better than the replicator. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think, well, it is a it is a Trek trope that the food from the replicator is frequently described as not as good as the real stuff, though. Right. But I think he's probably just using the ingredients from the replicator, not like actual foodstuffs, because like they were just there at the outpost to talk to try to resupply them. Like, oh, he had eggs just hanging out and these people are like starving. Okay. 
Also, I've I've never been a fan of him having like a fireplace in on a spaceship. Yeah, the open flame on yeah that is a that is a trek trope the open flame on a on a spaceship. Really a bad idea. <laughs> you shouldn't even have an open open flame on a boat and it's surrounded by water. You know the argument is like, well, they have gravity and blah 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 blah, and it's like. Still okay, a bad so, idea to have yeah. open flame when you have yeah. any kind of when your oxygen supply is limited. <laughs> to to me, part of the fun of Star Trek was that it would go into science fantasy, but not live exclusively there. Yeah. And so, you know, this gets back to everyone has their own idea of Star Trek and what it is. And you're either on board or you're not with it. So I think I'm OK with accepting that this is not totally how i see star trek even though it is yeah like no i accept that they have open flames it's just something that i'm like "Mm." they're cooking on the other hand do you have any other worst trek tropes i had a couple but i think they can go in other things but i had one thing is so when captain kirk brings all the mining ships wouldn't the romulan ships have some kind of scanning ability to know that they're unmanned and have no weapons yeah, how is this plan going to work out? I mean, it it's always questionable like how when they can scan for life forms in this era of Star Trek that they're playing in, it makes a lot more sense to be like it's harder to scan for life forms. Mm. <laughs> and not uh, just they don't life really forms, do but like weapons, right? Right. Or no, right. you can't. Right. But I think with Kirk it's like it's a he's doing a bluff. Yeah. And so in that sense, like that didn't totally bother me, but you're saying like the trope is like, of course their plan's going to work flouting their own. Yeah. I don't even know if it's a trope. I just didn't know where to put it. And I was very confused. I was like, I think this plan probably wouldn't work, but you know, we probably should have put a Kirk bluff in best Trek tropes. Oh yeah. That yes. (laughs) Kirk. Good good that we talked about this. Yes. Yes. Uh, I already kind of touched on mine and that is like, they're just out of range to do anything effective. Mm. you know in this case it was just so incredibly stupid like you can see the the damn thing right in front of you so Mm. yeah (laughs) again no windows (laughs) oh for the cloaking device (laughs) binoculars i don't see anybody on that ship (laughs) most of its time quality i said that it was a huge restraint to not make Captain Kirk, the de-aged William Shatner, but I think it's only restraint due to the limitations that a William Shatner probably told them to go fuck themselves and they didn't have the money. So you think if this had been a Marvel thing on Disney plus that they would have yeah. just done de-aged Shatner. Yeah. With, with like a AI voice like they did with. Luke yeah. Skywalker. So I, most of it's time quality being it could have been AI, <laughs> but it wasn't. I mean, well, because we already do like the hair, the lighting, the clothes we've already done. And like the dialogue, we've already done that to death on this yes. on this show. So to be different. The, the, that they could have yeah. that possibility existed. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So it was almost like other, other shows would have done it. Yeah. So I there was restraint on someone's part. I think if not for the fact that they wanted to just that he's going to be a major character in season two, Mm -hmm. if it was just a one off, maybe they would have more seriously considered it. Because he did that on the Mandalorian for Mark Hamill. Right. I have how black and white the Romulan villains are. Mm -hmm. They're they're just arch. There's nothing interesting about the That one main Romulan was okay. Yeah, that's because they're taking from balance of terror yeah <laughs> all the good stuff in this episode but is basically everybody everybody else is a cart is a mustache twirler yeah which i don't i don't mind when it comes to the romulans by the way now it's time for the line must be drawn here great lines <laughs> okay um this is the hardest category for me because i'm bad at writing down stuff verbatim as it happens but this is up there i think with one of my favorite lines your first pony was named Sir Nasalot. <laughs> <laughs> Which is future Pike trying old Pike trying to convince young Pike that's really him. Only he would know something so stupid. That was the name of his first pony. 
and it was Sir Nays a lot. <laughs> that is up there with I was gonna marry her. <laughs> <laughs> I almost married her. <laughs> yeah. I I kind of I forced myself to I don't know if they're great. Yeah, I don't um, think they're great, but Dr. Mabenga says I vote against war. And Ortega says, so do I. I just think that means killing Romulans. So I liked that. That made me chuckle. Yeah. And then I really laughed because it felt very pure and true. It's uh, before the final battle, Pike asks Spock, you want some coffee? And Spock says, I do not drink coffee. I do drink tea. And then Pike says, all right, would you like some tea? And Spock says, no, thank you, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, oh, that's that was that was good Spock. They gave good Spock mm-hmm. before they blew him up. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Spock. The only other line I enjoyed was, you sneaky son of a bitch. <laughs> really, the rest of the episode, anything that people thought they or they liked, that was just Balance of Terror. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those I are was... just lines wholesale taken from Balance of Terror. <laughs> I was going to write down Nurse Chapel's line, but then I couldn't do it. <laughs> Well, I have that coming up later. It wasn't. It wasn't great. Yeah, it wasn't great. The Anton Critian Award for best performance. I think. No, I think it's just Anson Mount for me. Yeah. Yeah. Were you going to say? Were you going to talk about Ethan Peck for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I already kind of touched on what I liked about Anson Mount's performance, uh, not just in the old young scene, but also just the whole episode. He's great. But yeah, let's talk about Ethan Peck because he he was excellent as spock yeah he's fantastic i feel like it's the best he's he has been as spock through discovery through this first season he's had a lot to do he hasn't been terrible you know it's hard to there's only really one spock i like zachary kinto fine and i like ethan peck fine but it's like in this episode it just really worked and i like that he was trying to play spock from the original series Mm-hmm. Like he was really like, you really see like, oh, he's even colder than than before. And uh, and it worked. I agree. Yeah, it, it was close. But Anson, <laughs> again, again, having to play against yourself is difficult. And there's a lot of that. Yeah. And he has the leading man energy, which I think is why oh, it was. Disa- sure. Yeah, it was just disappointing to see the the scenes between pike and uh kirk are not supposed to be father son or mentor mentee it's mm-hmm. supposed to be two alphas sniffing each other out or having great respect not quite sniffing each other out where they're competing on the same turf but like these are two people who have worked to get where they are for a reason you can see it right away they enter a room and the room turns to them and you know i don't just didn't quite get there with that guy so the shatner it's going to be interesting Mm-hmm. I have Melissa Navia, one of my favorites on the cast, but I have her as Ortegas. Ooh. She really, well, she really had to go for it, but she, it is a completely weird choice that they made. They're taking the role from Balance of Terror, a, a guy we had never seen before or since, named Styles, Lieutenant Styles, who is a fucking racist, Oof. who already was suspicious of, who's suspicious of other species. And when the humans and Romulans had their war a hundred years before the original series, he had a bunch of family members who died in that war. And so it's like hating the Romulans is like in their blood. They're racist against Romulans. So when he finally sees a Romulan for the first time, because in that war, there was no screen to screen contact. When he finally sees a Romulan sees, they look like Spock. His racism just transfers over to Spock Mm -hmm. and Kirk has to tell him, leave your bigotry in your quarters. There's no place for that here on the bridge. There's a whole tension of now someone doubts Spock and hates Spock and it's, he can barely hold it in. And so to transfer that kind of attitude and a lot of those lines over to Ortegas felt wrong to me, but also Mm -hmm. it kind of boxed her into how she could perform it. She had to go for it without, but because this is 2022, she can't be racist. Yeah. For some reason we have regressed as a culture in terms of portraying people and it's like okay in the this is a this is a gimme like none of this matters because pike is just being shown a glimpse into the future so why why pull your punch to take kirk's idea and they do so we we get half the context she has to work with what she has and i think it's it it is what it is (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
I gave it to the Lady Romulan captain. Well, was that the like, writing? Oh, she was just doing sur- it. Yeah. You must surrender. You have yeah. one minute. Yeah. Stern uh, Canadian uh, nun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Nurse Chapel, I think, deserves an honorable mention. So I love Melissa Navia, and I, I hope they do they honor her energy with Ortegas in season two. So I had to put her there just for this part. But I, I did something that I never do, and I put a scene in the Shatner. Kristen. Mm. And it is the nurse chapel scene <laughs> because we get the slow music. They, how many mm-hmm. times have they done that where it's the slow motion and everything's going to chaos and it's like slow motion for the characters, uh, emotional trauma that they're experiencing. And we even get the Spike Lee uh, <laughs> treadmill shot with, uh, oh, boy. with Pike, like out of his mind. He can't realize he, all the bad shit that's going on. And when the camera finally turns and he sees Spock and Chapel's just standing there, because again, we, we've never seen any of them, the doctor or the nurse working on anybody. They're always no. just standing in the bed, not doing no. shit. So then she has one line in the episode and it is delivered I can't believe it. And and what is written is also wild. She goes, massive cerebral trauma, major blood loss, spinal fractures, radiation burns across 40, 40% of his body. I'm not sure that he can recover from this, but if he does, yeah. he will not be the same. <laughs> when she said, I'm not sure she could, re- he can recover from this. There's a long pause. And I, was, I literally said, Oh, really? <laughs> And your expert medical opinion, Nurse Chapel, you think this one's going to be a hard road for Mr. Spock from here on out? Right. He's literally, like, if you haven't seen the episode, he's literally blown to bits. Like, his brain, like, his brain is exposed. and it's, uh, Yeah, it's bad. He has uh, legs. He's lost a leg. He's lost a leg. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's, it's not even him. It's like a dummy that they've made to look horrible. Uh, great effect. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but she has to go for it because that's her line. So, but I think the whole scene is like sh- they're shattering the scene. It's like this is the big emotional moment. It's about our Captain Pike and what his decision has wrought. <laughs> it's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I want to do one little shout out here. This is mm-hmm. completely unfair, and I am sorry for being an asshole here. But Paul Wesley, and then the guy that they got playing the Romulan commander, and then his, you know, his uppity lieutenant that you know <laughs> gets them all killed. Paul Wesley looks like Jim Carrey, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the Romulan commander looked like Veronica Mars's dad, right? Enrico Colantoni, um, also oh. from Just Shoot Me. <laughs> no, yeah, because he, because isn't he, what I almost wrote down was, um, oh gosh, no, I'm blanking on the name of the movie. Oh, uh, Galaxy Quest. Yeah, he looks like he's in, he's he's in Galaxy Quest. Quest. That's more correct. Yes, he looks he's like he's in the... Galaxy Quest and he has the same haircut. <laughs> yeah, I just forgot his. I, was, I forgot his name. And then the the lieutenant looks like Canadian Jeremy Strong from Succession. Yeah, no, he. I've seen that actor somewhere, and I don't know where, but I don't. Yeah. So for me, who has like a very strong facial recognition, there was a lot of software glitching going on for oh boy. right in this episode. Yeah, I was like, this looks just like the guy from Galaxy Quest. And I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, pl- I was like, what, what the, yeah, no, you're exactly right. Okay, what part of this are they teaching at Starfleet Academy? I have a lot of thoughts on this. Not a fucking thing, apparently, because <laughs> nobody knows a single Thing about the history of this conflict they don't know how it started they don't know why it's still going on they don't even know what a romulan looks like <laughs> nothing they didn't have like a camera they didn't have anything they didn't, they they attacked earth 100 years prior to the events of the show and they didn't get a video of it they didn't no one wrote it down it's crazy but but as we've learned what they do teach at Starfleet Academy are like so many in-depth things about how the Ferengi can, <laughs> can swindle you. Like they're teaching you like, Oh, I saw this one sleight of hand trick a Ferengi did watch out for those guys, but not, Oh, this is why we've been doing the hundred year war against the Romulans. Nobody has a single fucking clue. 
It's not, no one, there's no books about it, nothing. There's a super cool script idea that after Star Trek Enterprise was canceled, Paramount was trying to figure out what they were going to do with Star Trek. And so they like wanted to do a radical reinvention. They got the guy who wrote Band of Brothers to write mm-hmm. a new movie, and it was called Star Trek The Beginning. And he was only able to do one draft before everyone at Paramount was fired. Oh, and a new, okay. a new movie people were put in. But the idea was the, the start of the Romulan War. It was going to be like mm-hmm. a an odyssey uh like a hero's journey type thing yeah it starts with because humans and vulcans are friends and have or you know have an alliance like they do in enterprise mm-hmm. well romulans hate vulcans because they're an offshoot and so the war actually starts with the romulans rolling up to earth and saying give us all your vulcans so we can genocide them and we won't destroy earth and so then earth goes oh we have to defend another species from annihilation and that kicks off the war. And that would have been really cool to see. But what, wouldn't it be neat if it turns out it's like the Trojan War didn't really happen. It's just been a myth this whole time that people thought is real. And now they're just holding on to grudges. Like that's legitimately like people in ancient Greece really thought that the Trojan the Trojan War happened. I think that's a really cool idea, Kristen. And you should <laughs> get in there and start spreading that idea in the Star Trek. Because apparently nobody really knows cool any. Yeah. No one has any idea. They don't even know what they look like. Yeah. Well, that was in the 60s when it's like, they, you know, the idea of even sending video signals to people were still new. But yeah, I see your point. Uh, I think they would have the unblemished encounter that Kirk has in Balance of Terror. That's being taught in, in Starfleet Academy. Mm-hmm. And that's in the future timeline of this show, allegedly. So it just dawned on me that there's probably people who do think the Trojan War really happened today. I don't know. I don't know. There might have been a city where whereabouts troy was that's as far as we've gotten i think in real life of discovering the truth how would the predecessor show or captain handle this which this is going to be tricky yeah you're gonna have to go (laughs) i guess i have no idea well so the fun thing about this is that discovery has the power of looking backwards because now it's set in the 32nd century so they literally know all of star trek history they can pull it up and and watch it but you just said like the most interesting thing what if the the history that survives to them is a little different yeah (laughs) and so burnham gets brought back to this moment for some reason and she's like that's not how i heard it it's like mm-hmm. well, this is what's happening um but i mean this this grade doesn't really hold up because we know what what actually like, how kirk does it is how it would have been handled yeah. how discovery would have handled it. it yeah and how discovery would have handled it is how kirk would have handled it because that's the actual that's their past so there we go this leads us into trek marry or kill i'm gonna give it a hard trek oh a hard trek <laughs> Especially for Sam's mustache. <laughs> I really felt like this one deserved to die. <laughs> really? Well, because I hated that they were pulling in Balance of Terror. And I, I kind of, there's a part of, you know, going back to our first episode, you know, there's a religious aspect to Star Trek. And to me, there's like an Old Testament and now we're in New Testament. And this feels like the Christian, the mainstream Christianity version of Star Trek that's going but you on. You didn't right now. like enjoy it. So what I'm getting at is that's what I wanted to do. But then watching it and knowing that the best parts of the episode are from Balance of Terror and then the excellent production values, that one great scene that's not from Balance of Terror, the acting, the music, all that stuff. Yeah, I got to say it's a trek. Also, if Strange New Worlds is your in to Star Trek. There's no shame in watching this episode. It's great. No, I think you hopefully you get people who would watch it would say, hey, maybe I'll check out the original series now. Also available on Paramount Plus. And in the Blu-rays for uh, Strange New Worlds that have come out, they've actually put Balance of Terror on that disc, which is like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, So you can actually go and watch it. You have to go back and watch it. And there's YouTube comparison videos that show you you know, what they brought over and all that stuff. So is it a good episode of Star Trek in the continuum? Well, it's literally a remix of an episode of Star Trek. So I don't, I don't know, but as an episode of Strange New Worlds, I, I think it's pretty good. We haven't even touched on the, that when he comes back to the present, then Una gets arrested. I mean, you mentioned that, but it is setting up. We never really got into this, Kristen, the block shooting for, um, for Rebecca Romaine for the whole season. 
Oh yeah, I I, f- I figured they arrested her because they they were like, <laughs> we're not going to get her next season. That's for sure. <laughs> it's it, it really He's was bizarre because. It really is bizarre because there is a more interesting version of his whole arc where it continues that conversation that he has with Una in Children of the Comet, where she is the focal point of this episode and not Spock. You know Uh, what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, that's how you make Strange New Worlds distinct from the thing you're remixing uh is saying like, well, he's close with Una because Una's not in the original series. Like we, we say goodbye to that character, but the fact that they bring in Spock's galactic importance and all that stuff, you know, there's a version of this where it's Spock or where it's Pike, Una and Spock, but because they don't have Rebecca remain, like they do the rest of the cast, they're limited what they could do with her. That's what Uh it felt like anyway. Well, yeah, not just what it felt like. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Like she was available for two days a week and that was it or something. Or they had like, we have her for three weeks and we have to make sure that she's yeah. sprinkled into eight or nine episodes. Yeah, exactly. So that makes it six treks. We have two kills and we have one Mary. And then we have one that I still have voting open for lift us. We're suffering. Cannot reach uh, guest co-host Cassie Soliday and I split. She wanted to marry it and I wanted to trek it. So voting still open on our website. Twitter, I guess, now limits who can even put polls out there. So, yeah. <laughs> so go to the website, uh, trekmarykillpod.com, and uh, be sure to leave us five stars. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It boosts our visibility. If you have Strange New World fans out there or people who might be interested in Star Trek, I think our show is a great uh, reference point if you want to figure out, well, where do I start? Can't go wrong listening to Trek Mary Kill. Nope. Kristen, this has been fun doing a season of Star Trek. I can't believe we yeah. got through one. It yeah. helps when they're 10 episodes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any hopes for the height of Anson Mount's hair next year? I, you know, I hope it's like just really, really like long and shaggy for some reason. Yeah, I want to see him do a Last of the Mohicans. Like when he was on um, Hell on Wheels. Oh, right. Did yeah. you see that? I've I've seen a little bit of it. Not too much, but yes, I know okay. what you're talking about. Um, and this episode's coming out the week of Star Trek Picard Season 3's finale. And starting next uh-huh. week, we're going to start getting into Star Trek Picard Season 3. Very excited. Yes, very exciting. Again, I think Star Trek works better episodically, but I love Star Trek The Next Generation so much, I don't give a damn. Just give me Picard and Riker. <laughs> and Jordy and I'll be happy so Jordy (laughs) thanks for listening we'll be back next week with an all new episode until then TMK out bye